You are Locked On MLB, your daily MLB podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, baseball fans, and welcome to Locked On MLB, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This is the daily podcast. We talk about all of Major League Baseball, and I'm your host, Paul Francis Sullivan. Please, I'm begging you, call me Sully. Today's show is being released on the 8th day of August, 2019. And we have a special guest, Ryan Finkelstein, host of Locked On Mets. This show is brought to you in part by Hotels.com. Don't hate like your friend's trip. Book your own with Hotels.com and get rewarded basically everywhere. Hotels.com. Be there, do that, and get rewarded. This show is available on the free and easy-to-use Himalaya podcasting app. We're also available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Player FM, you know how to listen to a podcast. You're listening to one right now. Check us out by getting into your car and telling your smart device to play podcast Locked On MLB. Or check out some of the other great shows on the Locked On Podcast Network, including Locked On Fantasy Football, if you need tips for your team, or Locked On Mets. If you want to know all about the hottest team in New York, that is the New York Metropolitans. Follow us on Twitter at Locked On MLB. Same handle for Instagram. You can follow me, your pal Sully, at Sully Baseball on Twitter, Sully Baseball Podcast on Instagram. Holy mackerel. The Mets. The Mets. The Mets. The Mets. Okay, that's it for the podcast. Uh, thank <laughs> you for joining us, Ryan Finkelstein. Um, no, 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 no. The, the Mets just finished their sweep of the Miami Marlins. Uh, the last time they lost was maybe three years ago. I can't remember. It, 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 I don't remember what the world was like with when the Mets lost a game. And here, to make sense of this all, I have on the host of the Locked On Mets podcast, you probably heard him laughing in the background there, Ryan Finkelstein. Ryan, thanks for joining the show. Well, thanks for having me, Sully. Uh, let, me, let me just spin the world back. I'll be Superman. I'll spin the world around and reverse time for a second here. On July 12th, less than a month ago, your New York Mets were 11 games under 500. They were five games removed from the Marlins for the worst record in the National League. It is safe to say that they were dead in the water. And around and and not long after that, the Mets management made the trade to acquire Marcus Stroman, and we all laughed or thought they were ridiculous or whatever. And since then, the Mets have played twenty four games and have won nineteen of them. What's going on? It's crazy. It's Actually, one of the funniest stats I just read today was uh, the Mets have a 7-14 winning percentage since Brody Van Wagenen threw a chair at his coaches because he was so upset with the way they were playing. So I don't know. I mean, I was doing shows two weeks ago where I was talking about this team being dead, and here we are. They just keep winning, and I think there's plenty of people who can go out there and say they're beating bad teams, but they're not just beating bad teams. They're sweeping bad teams. They're winning every night, and for years we've always said, if the pitching ever comes together, watch out for the Mets. And right now, Wheeler's pitching great. Syndergaard's pitching great. DeGrom's pitching great. He just added Stroman. And even today, Matt's threw a good game. So this team can make some noise. And uh, I'm as surprised as anyone, honestly. 
I, I'm st- I, there are no words to express how stunned I am by what has happened with this team. I mean, I talked yesterday, I, I made the uh, comparison to the detective Columbo, who always looked like he was bumbling and was overmatched until you realize he was the smartest one all along. Is that Brody Van Wagenen? Has he been just the smartest guy all along? We didn't know it? I mean... No. <laughs> I'm sorry to cut you <laughs> off. But you know what? I can't give Brody really any credit because when you talk about the Stroman deal, there weren't yeah. reports that the Mets were going for it. All the reports were they were hijacking the starting pitching market. They were trying to make trades. They were trying to trade Zach Wheeler all the way out to the deadline. And he failed on that plan. The person you had to credit is the GM who was here before, Sandy Alderson. He brought in Zach Wheeler. He brought in Noah Syndergaard. He even drafted Pete Alonzo, Jeff McNeil, um, Ahmed Rosario. He signed him. He's the guy that's really brought in all these pieces. And they're all just playing up to their potential. The really the only thing Brody has done for this specific team is now Stroman, so we'll see what he does. And then he brought in J.D. Davis. But yeah. most of Brody's moves have blown up in his face. So I can't sit here and give Brody the credit, but it's working out for him, and he's going to get the credit if this team wins. That's just the way the game works. So Davis is playing every day now, right? Yeah, because I mean- what – so Dominic Smith was their starting left fielder. Right. He uh, had a foot injury, so he's out. Davis was the first bat off the bench. And so now they're starting him every day and he's not a great defensive player, but he can hit. So I I think the question about where he's going to be long-term with the Mets, I don't know position wise, but he's swinging a hot bat and uh, yeah, he's been really clutch, especially at city field. Yeah. I mean, the thing that's incredible about this team is that Obviously, everyone points to DeGrom, who's the best 500 pitcher in baseball. This is If there's ever a reason to throw away the win-loss record as a stat, it's Jacob DeGrom. Uh, but Syndergaard is obviously a fine pitcher who can sometimes be brilliant. Wheeler is a very talented pitcher who piles up the strikeouts. Matt's threw very well today. And although uh, Stroman's really only had one start as of this recording— He's obviously a very talented pitcher. Well, right there, that's a five-man rotation. And yeah. I am I still don't trust their bullpen. I don't trust Familia. I don't trust Diaz. Yeah. I don't trust Gesellman. I mean, he doesn't even have enough vowels in his name. <laughs> and, I mean, other than Lugo, I don't know who you trust in that bullpen right now. But th- that being said... If night in and night out, you're putting at least a good starting pitcher out there, that's how you go on winning streaks. Well, honestly, their best bullpen has been their starting pitching because they're going deep into games, pitching seven, eight innings. And so when you have a reliever as good as Lugo, sometimes that's all you need. The one good thing that has coincided with this run is uh, Luis Avalon and Justin Wilson both Mm -hmm. came off the IL, and they have both been pitching really well. So those two guys have been a little bit of a solidifying force. Edwin Diaz is the biggest baffling one to me because some nights you look at his stuff and it is so good, yet yeah. he just leaves the ball in the middle of the plate and gives up these home runs. I don't know what's going on there. I mean, Diaz's season is... Uh, I was not a huge fan of that trade when they made it, although yeah. I understood why it happened. If you look at, like, he's he has 71 strikeouts and 16 walks over 44 innings, and you think, oh, my God, that's a tremendous number of strikeouts. Strikeout-to-walk ratio is great. All this is great. 
and his ERA is over 5-3, and he's let up 10 homers, and, you know, 26 earned runs in 44 innings. That's that's not that's no. not good. That, well, he that's... was he, he was brought in to be the answer at the end of games, and honestly, if he was the same guy he was last year when the Mariners were 66 and 0, giving him the ball, the yeah. Mets might be in you know a division race right now with the Braves. So it's he's been the biggest um, you know failed uh, piece for this team. We'll see if he can kind of turn around. I mean, I've seen some signs of better stuff. The slider has been the problem. He's left the slider in the zone way too much. He's starting to throw it not for striking. People are chasing it. That's what he has to do. But again, I, I, there's no explanation for him to be this bad this year. I don't know. Now, last year, Jeff McNeil was a late-blooming peripheral rookie of the year. You know, got a few votes in it. Had a good batting average. Like, oh, look at that. He's a nice player. Look at that. They found a nice player. This year, I know we're not supposed to look at batting average as much as we used to in the past, but he is on the verge of having the highest batting average in the National League, and he has an OPS of 939. He homered again today. Uh, This, I mean, what a sort of revelation it has been to just pull off. they, they, They reached into the ground, and they pulled out a batting champ. Well, what's crazy, too, is you think back a couple years, Jacob DeGrom was the same thing. I mean, he was yeah. drafted in 13th round, I think, kind of mm-hmm. came out of nowhere. And with McNeil, one of the interesting things about him is Brody almost traded him in that Diaz deal. He was in the deal, and they pulled him out. And so that would have made that trade even worse. But he's been great. For some reason, the scouting report that he swings at first pitches is not getting out there. So he's been just ambushing guys the past couple of weeks, hitting a ton of home runs. But, yeah, he's, he's unbelievable. I mean, he's also – like surprisingly played a pretty good outfield too for a natural infielder. Yeah. So he, he's he's honestly, as much as Pete Alonso gets a lot of the credit and the publicity and everything else, Jeff McNeil's their best offensive player day in and day out. Yeah, that's why I wanted to bring him up. I mean, obviously I want to ask you a few questions about Alonso, but having McNeil and his consistency, I mean, his on-base percentage is over 400, his slugging percentage is over 500, uh, Alonzo has the big sexier highlights to be sure. And I don't want to discount the fine oh, season yeah. he's having, but in many ways, McNeil is the straw that stirs the drink of this mm-hmm. Mets lineup. Yeah, he really is. And I think one thing you love about both of them, but particularly with McNeil is just the way he plays. He's a really just hard gritty player, which you don't see a lot of nowadays. You see every time, every time he comes up, he expects to get a hit. And if he gets out, he's slamming a helmet. He does not think he should ever get out. And so I really think that he is going to win the batting title this year. And I wouldn't be surprised if he wins a couple in his career. The guy has just elite contact bat-to-ball skills. So let me ask you, do you, are, do you say that he delivers? He delivers. Well, do you know who also delivers? I don't know. Who else delivers? Postmates. You know, Postmates is your personal food delivery, grocery delivery, whatever kind of delivery service all year round. And you know what? I'm going to go on a limb and say they're more reliable than Jeff McNeil. As as good as he's been, he doesn't have a 1,000 batting average, and that's what Postmates gives you. And do you know what? Let me tell you something. Ryan, are you listening to me? I'm listening. For a limited time. Don't think you can put this off. This is only a limited time. Postmates is giving Locked On listeners a hundred free bucks in free 
delivery credit on your first seven free days. I just want to throw one extra free in there because I realize I've overdone it. So do me a favor, Ryan, right now, while you're on while you're on with me, download the Postmates app and use code locked on. Are you going to do it? I'm going to do it right now. And let me tell you something, folks, Ryan and I are two men and we really, really value being groomed downstairs. We were talking about this just before we started recording this of how groomed our manhood is. And Ryan had been using the number two in men's below the belt grooming. And I said, no, 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 no. Use the number one, which is Manscaped. Because I told him, I said, Ryan, you've seen them on Shark Tank. I said, yeah, I know. I said, well, Manscaped offers precision engineered tools for the family jewels. There you go. That rhymes. So I said to him, look at Ryan. I mean, I gave Ryan this deal, and my listeners, I'm going to give it to you, too. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code LOCKEDON at manscaped.com. That's 20% off at manscaped.com with promo code LOCKEDON. Don't you want to be as well-groomed as your pal Sully and your friend Ryan? If that's the case, go to manscaped.com, promo code LOCKEDON, and please, please don't visualize this ad too much. So we're here, Ryan of Locked On Mets, right? I think the name of Locked On Mets is joining the Locked On MLB podcast. We're talking about the surprising New York Mets who have faced a pretty soft underbelly of the schedule and have crawled their way back into contention. But I'm not one of the one, Ryan, you are not going to hear me diminishing the Mets loss, or Mets victories they've had because they beat up teams like um, San Diego and Pittsburgh and the Chicago White Sox or the Pirates again and the Marlins because you have to win those games. Yeah. You, you have to you have <laughs> to win those games, especially if you're trying to make up ground. You know you got to sweep a bunch of games, and I don't understand these people are trying to belittle what they're doing. I mean, it could be a bit of a mirage, like we saw in San Francisco uh, when they took three out of four from the Mets and the. Giants came back into within a few games of contention, and it kind of looked it has kind of exposed itself of being a bit of a mirage. But I have more faith in this Mets comeback because of the fact that they have the rotation of DeGrom and Syndergaard and Mats and Stroman and Wheeler. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I mean, I'll be honest, I was downplaying it for a while too because. It's hard to take too much credit into just one sweep of the Pirates. But when you stack them all up and you start to think, okay, they're onto something. And like you're talking about, you have to beat these bad teams. They've now put themselves in a position where they got to the tough part of their schedule, where they're playing the other teams they're competing against for a wild card. And they're right there in the mix. They don't have to make up any ground. They just got to go beat them. And this weekend series against the Nationals is going to be really exciting. They got Stroman going Friday. Syndergaard Saturday, DeGrom Sunday at home. They're playing a lot better at home. So they have the opportunity on Monday. They might be right there in a wild card spot already. Well, you take a look at, I have their, I'm at baseballreference.com, the single greatest website in the history of the planet Earth. And I am looking at their upcoming schedule. They have three games with the Nationals. Now, is I, I'm not sure. Is Scherzer off the, the injured list or no? You're I don't probably... know if he's off the injured list, but I know he's not pitching in this series. I think it's going to be uh, Strasburg, mm-hmm. Corbin, and then Anibal Sanchez. Is the okay, thing. well, I mean that's I mean that's still 
that's not an easy gauntlet yeah. you have to run there. I mean, it's not like they're throwing a bunch of chumps up. But one of the reasons why um, – there's a reason I'm going to ask that. So let me just take a look. They're going to Atlanta for three games. That's always tough. Atlanta's a really good team. Then you're going to Kansas City, which hopefully that's a punching bag. And then a bunch of tough games. Cleveland, they're tough. Atlanta again. Chicago Cubs. The Phillies going to Philadelphia, going to Washington. Phillies, Arizona's tough, Dodgers. Man, there is a stretch. If the Mets can survive to about a month from now and still be in it, then then they would have answered any of their critics because they have about a month and a half uh, where the only sort of soft series that they have coming up is against Kansas City, uh, 16th, 17th, and 18th. The rest of their game, this is going to be a bear of yeah. a month and a half for the Mets. So if they can look at, I mean, if they can survive that, then you know what? Then they're a legit contender. And as I had alluded before, the fact that they're going to throw a good major league pitcher virtually every day, and they have some good bats, including Alonzo, including McNeil, if they can get something from Frazier, if they can get something from uh, Conforto and not have the bullpen wet the bed, then they could survive this. I agree. I think the one thing I'm concerned about is right now the first bat off your bench is a Danny Echeverria. I mean, that's not very good. So they're just their offense isn't very deep right now. Mm-hmm. You know, the top end, their starting lineup is fine. You know, Wilson Ramos is I think he's leading the majors in uh RBIs for a catcher right now. So they have enough pop in that starting lineup, but it's just the margin of error is really thin. But like you said, with that starting pitching they can beat anyone any given day. So it's going to be interesting. I'm excited to see what they start to do against these teams that are in it. And you know what? You got to beat those teams anyway. So let's see what they have. I think they got a good chance at this. Yeah. Well, let me ask you a question. Uh, because look at, uh, as, as I alluded to, less than a month ago, the Mets were the second worst team in the National League. And here they are. Uh, uh, just a game or so out of a playoff spot as we're approaching mid-August. I think the best-case scenario, in some ways, is has already happened, that the Mets have given their fans at least a period of a summer where they can get excited and go to the game and have this energy. And lest we forget, that's what a baseball team is. It's entertainment for the summer, and the Mets have delivered that to a degree to their fans. That being said, what would you consider going the rest of the way a success for this team? See, here's the thing, because I think one of the things that some people aren't realizing with this wild card race is the fact that the winner's going to have to play the Dodgers. And it's, I mean, again, in a, a playoff rotation that they have, they could theoretically beat the Dodgers, but I don't give them you know, good odds on that. So I think a relatively good season for them is to make the wild card and win a wild card game. In 2016, they were the wild card team and they lost to the Giants. And I think it kind of left a bad taste in everyone's mouth. If you lose that game, it doesn't really feel like it made the playoffs. So I think just winning that wild card game, getting into a series with the Dodgers and not getting swept, that would be a pretty good season and uh, something to build on for 2020 as this rotation, aside from maybe Zach Wheeler, will be back next year. You know, I think you're. I think you're right. I think one of the things that that they've done is they've set themselves up, especially if they have a good finale of the season. They're setting themselves up for a run in 2020. 
Uh, if there's one bad thing for this, is that I am decidedly not a Mickey Calloway fan. Uh, I, and I think that we have had not exactly a, a, a small sample size to see that he is probably not a ready for primetime manager for a big market club. I think it was a nice idea, but I would, I would, I, there are other people out there I'd give a shot to. And I don't see, I don't see him being the guy leading him to the promised land. Uh, so in some ways, you know, getting too successful this year might send the wrong message that, you know, keep, keep the, sh- keep the ship going, keep the ship going, you know, in, I'll Brody, be honest, though, I in mean, Brody and Mickey, we trust. I, I, honestly, I think short of winning a world series, I actually find it hard to believe he comes back no matter what, because Brody, it's not Brody's manager. He didn't hire him. I even heard that when they were hiring assistant GMs, there was a question in those interviews saying, what is your opinions on firing a manager in the middle of the season? So I just don't think he's the long-term answer. I don't believe that he's here past this season Mm -hmm. unless they go. I mean, again, I mean, if this run really continues and it's extremely impressive, maybe, but I just don't know. I think that they're going to get a new manager next year. I really believe that. Yeah, you're probably right. You know, if they can fire managers like, you know, John Farrell and Dusty Baker after they win a division, then I think you could fire a guy even if they fall short in the wild card chase. And I think there's a, there's enough quality managers out there to to give it a shot. I mean, right, just well, I was just gonna say, just in New York, you had the Yankees just fired Girardi when he was yeah. he was at game seven of the ALCS. So yeah, yeah. I think it'll happen here too. Yeah, I, I would love to see Girardi as the manager of the Mets. I think that'd be a great. I think that'd be a great choice. You know, there's some other people too. I think should get a uh, should get a shot. Certainly, certainly over Mickey Calloway. Um, all right, hey Ryan, uh, wh- where can people hear your stuff? I uh, guess you can find me on Twitter at Finkelstein Ryan, and just search Locked On Mets on Twitter. You can find it, you know, everywhere you'll get your podcast. Just like Locked On MLB, just search Locked On Mets. And you can find it there. All right. Well, hey, look at. The Mets have lost one, two, three games since since July 19th. Three games. One of them was a walk-off 12-inning loss to the San Francisco Giants. And one was a 7-2 loss to the Padres. And then one was an 8-4 loss to the Chicago, uh, no, to the Pittsburgh Pirates. And that's it. That's it. Uh, that's an unbelievable run that the Mets have been going on. And, you know, believe me, when I saw the Mets limp out of San Francisco, losing three walk-off games on July 20th, I saw that as a dead-from-the-neck-up team. I thought that team was just, man, what a, just, I thought, just fire the manager now. This is just, this is just nonsense. And uh, they've lost two games since then. Yep. And I, <laughs> I didn't see that coming. You didn't see that coming. And if out there you're listening to this, you claim you saw it coming, I'm calling you a liar to your face. That's all <laughs> there is to it. So, hey, look it. You can catch this podcast on the Himalaya Podcasting app. You can follow us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Player FM, Podbean, all the places you get podcasts. You can get in your car and tell your smart device to play Podcast Locked On MLB or play Podcast Locked On Mets. Why not? You can follow, you can follow both of us. 
And you can follow this show on Twitter and Instagram at LockdownMLB. Follow me, your pal Sully, at Sully Baseball on Twitter, Sully Baseball Podcast on Instagram. So, this has been. Thank you, Ryan, for being part of the show. Listen to Locked On Mets. Ryan Finkelstein is there. This has been the Locked On MLB show for the eighth day of August 2019. I'm your host, Paul Francis Sullivan. Ryan, what can people call me? Sully. Yep. <laughs>